were just like 20 years ahead of the curve because, you know, I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, Thanks. Metro, like, that's probably Dude, what you were that's a to. term that was definitely that attached. That was not around back then. No, it wasn't around back then. Yeah, in the 1890s, there was no term <laughs> like Metro. You'd know. Anyway. Yeah, I've heard it from Charlie numerous times. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It fits. Like it? Yeah. Funny story though, yeah that that that's that's just something I laugh about now is re- having those realizations. I had some of that listening to this uh, series of songs. To be honest with you, I had that perspective, especially with the Mariah Carey one. You're kind of getting ahead of that. the game, bro. Yeah, dude, you're jumping. Dude, wow, wow, man, all step right. all over my intro. Oh, I didn't mean Whoa. it. Oh, shitty, edit. shitty. As at another, 19, as a co- that's, that's a party foul right there, fellow host. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> my goodness. Welcome to Ruminations from the Red Room. <laughs> uh, we're continuing our series on sad songs. We've been digging into this book. I hate myself and want to die by Tom Reynolds. I it's hate 52 and want to die. It's uh 52 of the most depressing songs you've ever heard and I'm actually kind of, I'm glad we're chatting a little bit but I was thinking I might throw a curveball to my guests tonight but Ooh. before before we do that let's just introduce everybody make sure we all know who we are. Um to <laughs> since we're digital it's kind of like the man directly below me. Is <laughs> yes. Michael Arvig. Welcome, sir, back to the show. Been way too long. Oh man, it's been a long time since the last time we got to, to delve into this book. And I am so delve. excited to be here right now <laughs> and talk about this. This this is something I needed, and I've needed it for a oh, while. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Oh, that's exciting. You're gonna be so bummed out when I decide we're not doing this. So uh, also directly, I'm just kidding, partially. Uh directly below Mike. And this man sandwich that we got going on here is, triple of course, Decca. Triple Decca. We got the host of the Bre- Oh, um, the the Brevin. the the. I'm so sorry. Look, I it's almost know. like stepping on someone's intro. I um, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we have the host of Brevity Box, the one, the only Triple C, Big Chuck, Big Marmalade, Charlie. What's up? Tis, tis I, Triple C. <laughs> I am here to discuss the sad songs of yore. You know, in my mind, he's wearing a cape, kind of like, uh, who's that guy in Vegas? Um, can't think of his name. Played the piano and stuff. Elton? No, not Elton. Liberace? Liberace. That's what he's I'm thinking He's thinking Liberace. Yeah. I'm thinking Liberace. Like, just Charlie's intro there, it, it lends itself to wearing a cape and probably a lot of rings and stuff. <sighs> a lot of sparkly God, Wouldn't things. that be great? And have, like, he a scepter? I could go for carrying around a scepter. Would it be a scepter? Would you see? I I picture that scepter with some like. Um, I don't know if I can accept that. Sorry, what dude. Happened? I had to throw in a dad joke. I don't know if I could accept her that. The pay, okay. the power of <laughs> editing. I'm actually going to insert Kyle. The right? <laughs> oh um, my god! The pay deep in my chest. <laughs> back on track here's the thing guys as i was listening to these songs uh this week and then and more today i it, so far listening to these songs doing this uh series on this book has been fun it's been uh entertaining and uh, your enthusiasm right now is bringing me back to it but after listening to them today they were so sad and so wallowy and so self-indulgent that I considered just blowing this off and being, uh, and just, I, I just don't know that I can do this. I don't know that this is fun anymore. 
Um, what do you guys think? I mean, these are sad songs. We've had a good time so far, but these songs were so bummerific. They were so drenched in sadness and and morose darkness. Not even a cool goth line, like in a really just no, pathetic man. way. Teen like, I just angst. didn't know that I could do it. I just didn't I like, like angst heartbreak. Teen angst heartbreak. That's what it was. That, well, that's what that, that's what yeah. some of the remakes lent themselves to. I think the originals, though, I don't know about the originals. Like who sang them originally? Where they were coming from? Because they were adults when this was happening. Yeah. Well, so, these are no, no, no. Bummers. But their audience may not have been. I mean, I'm just saying it's not beyond reproach to think Mariah Carey was singing a tune built for it. You know, 15 year old girls in agony. Oh yeah. Because they oh, just yeah. went through their first breakup because that market was big Huge. at the moment. Huge at that. Sure. And, and I, I can yeah. tell you because I, I thought it was funny because and, as a teenage girl, I'm gonna you ju- I don't want to jump ahead numerous times. I don't want to jump ahead of this, but I, I got some interesting insight into that mariah carey tune you know it's right. always look, good do, to get look, the female perspective on this thank you charlie so i i just think the that it's fun when it comes to a where you kind of how i found it fun personally i guess because i was thinking about where i was at that point and what it was making me think of from when i heard it the first time and then on a totally different level i was where you were where all i could do was listen to it almost mechanically like i'm just listening to their vocals except for whitney houston the whitney houston song i think that voice always gets me for some reason but it i was appreciating that i'd like to know that that stuff well maybe maybe mitch should like mention the song so at least we get that out there yeah so here's what we're gonna do yeah so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna do it a little bit differently than we have in the past so ruminators out there to get your pen and pen pen what do you get writing with paper some pencil paper paper pen copier uh, get that stuff. And here are the songs that we're going to go through. Uh, we are going to sample them. I don't think I can listen to them all. I might end up just, you know, sticking my head in the oven. So we're just going to. I'm cool with that. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get that. Yeah. Um, you know, I already listened to them several times over. So me too. we could okay. just name them off and talk about them a little bit and then move on. I like that. I like that. We'll see how that rolls because. Uh, there are still some upcoming um, chapters that I, I do want to get to just because I actually do genuinely love the song. All right, so here we go. Here are the songs, and the name of the chapter is Horrifying Remakes of Already Depressing Songs. That'll just give you an idea of what we're looking at here. So the first song, All By Myself by Celine Dion. The next song, Without You, <laughs> Mariah Carey. The third, I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. And followed by Landslide, Smashing Pumpkins. And finally, Send In the Clowns, everybody, whoever did that. Pain. Uh, there were a lot of remakes of that song. I looked Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pain. Pain. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's cue up the first song. We're going to have a little taste of it here. So... Uh, Ruminators, you might pull it up, listen to it, and then come back and join us. We're just going to just have a little listen here and chat a little bit and then move on to the next and we'll kind of keep going that direction. How, how do you guys feel about that? Is that going to work? Yeah. Sounds yeah. good to all me. Right, all right. Yeah, I'm down. Let's give this a try and see if we can make this work. Uh, did my voice crack just then? Just a little bit, but since we're talking about puberty, it's good that you're like giving an example of that. Okay, cool. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's been a rough couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm only made I'm rougher gonna... by these songs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's making it rough, man. This is rough. Okay, here we go. All by myself. Like really? Oh my god, this stuff. So bad. And I love. Yeah, so I can't, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm Wait, did you just you say, say you me. love Celine Dion? I love Celine Dion, man. Celine Dion's my girl. No, I said I love sad songs. Oh, my bad. Yeah. All right. So clearly we have some type of uh, technical. Do you have hate for Celine Dion, either of you? I don't have hate for her, but I don't think she's as great as everyone else thinks she is. I'll give you that. I had that thought numerous times during this song. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. All right. I just don't, uh, I don't get the Celine Dion thing. There's a lot of this stuff that I just don't get. I don't get Celine. I don't get Beyonce. I don't get a lot of these. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just too rocked. Well, to well was Celine really shit. big with like the, the teenage crowd at that particular time? Or was it more with like the older people? Was she ever think, big with the teenage crowd? I don't I think, think so. In a, no, I think in a small way, that post-Titanic buzz because of Titanic. Okay, I Do can you, see that. I, I think but there that was, was that was years was, after this song. Can this I, be taken seriously but still, by anyone they found though? It. All by really? myself. You know what? Uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and I remember the original, and I remember listening to the original when I was a kid, and I liked the original. But yeah, well, this it's was, a sad, sad song. You know, I can. It's. It seems to me like it's only ironic at this point. Like it's one of those things that probably is a victim of its own overuse and things. But a release. This was released in 1996 and topped out at number four in the U.S. The original coming out in 1976, topping out at number two. Right. Right. Like, holy God. Well, this one. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics and everything, it's really it. It kind of lends itself to somebody who just wants to curl up and die. And like lament that like their life sucks and not try and change anything. You know, it's a so yeah, 14. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, look, the song, the song is so it's one of those tunes, in my opinion, that is so perfectly fit for something so many people go through that it keeps it never goes away. And then it's so popular in that context that it's cliche. Like if you see it in a in an Albert Brooks movie, and he's you know pining over, it would be hilarious. Or you know, it's any... only comedic though at this point. That's what I'm saying. Like it well, just, it, right it's now, for right yeah. now, at this at this point in time, yeah, I think it's it's definitely comedic. Back then, probably not so much. And when the original came out, probably not at that time either. And she Someone did it when they sang it. Someone did somewhere along the line, but now put it away. Mm -hmm. But she right. did add, at the, as far as like what I'm hearing from Celine Dion, like I'm not a huge fan, but I wouldn't say she couldn't sing, right? Oh no, and she's some got pipes. Those, yeah, she's I mean, a technically that, proficient singer, more than proficient. But. And so some of the some of this of her spin on the song is entertaining, like just in the sense of seeing what somebody's doing with it. But it's it's not it's hard to listen to because it's been. Yeah, a lifetime of hearing it from different people. Right. 
Yeah, and it's okay. just it's like it's like one of those friends who keeps telling you that they're going to change something, and then you support them, and they don't change anything, and then they say they're going to change it again, and you support them, and they don't make that change, and then they say they're going to make that change, and you support them, and you go through this cycle, and eventually you get fed up with it. You're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. What do we call these people, Mitch? Damn, I I don't know what you call those people. Um. Hmm. Well, I guess at some point they'd be former suckers, friends, perhaps. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think you'd be the sucker for going back to them every time and being like, no, "Okay, there's some, no, there's something you. to be no, there's something to be said about uh, you know loyalty and, and giving you know and until it hurts kind of thing. That's I think that all three of us here are those kinds of friends who would do that and to the point of you know two and a pain. half of us. Mike's only worth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only halfway there. Yeah, uh, you've got to be careful here. I don't know, but what I don't, and and so my final take on this song, and then uh, if anyone has another final word, is I just don't feel it when it's this perfect. It doesn't sound real to me. It's not. Oh, it's, totally. It's yeah, not yeah, real. It's... It doesn't sound soulful to me. And I know there's a, a certain number, a certain uh, percentage of the populace who who hears this and they identify it and they think it's real emotion. But to me, that's too manufactured. I don't buy it. Uh, I can't identify with it. I can't connect with it. It just sounds fake. At that point, yeah, with so with that version, like I think had I heard it when it first, well, we came are talking out, about that version. Yeah, yeah, I know you're right. I'm just saying, but you're the right. Song though, if you compare the probably two, probably genius the first time, right? Right. If you compare this to the original, like I prefer the original, and this one, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right. So our next track, uh, performed by Mariah Carey, released in 1994, uh, tops out <laughs> at uh, number three in the U.S. And uh, let's see, the original, released in 1972, tops out at number one in the U.K. and the U.S. And I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. Until we chose this chapter, until we moved on, I'd never heard this. Or if I had, I didn't recall it. I don't remember it. I don't pay oh, attention to Mariah Carey. Really? Oh, you know what? I'm yeah. not surprised that you don't pay attention to Mariah Carey. She's not metal. Uh, no. And, you know, I like lots of things that aren't metal, but this, but Mariah is particularly on. So I feel like there should be a gasp drop right when you said that. I like a lot of <laughs> things that aren't metal. <gasps> okay. So here we are with uh, Mariah Carey's Without You, or Ruminators. Check it out and then rejoin us and hear us uh, tear it apart, or at least I will. So this song in particular. I'm telling you, in 1994, I was doing a lot of DJing of a lot of different. I thought styles. you were going to say I was doing a lot of coke, <laughs> a lot of drugs. <laughs> uh, and I mean, uh, or, or he was going to say he was listening to a lot of Mariah Carey. On well, but so here's the thing: at that time, Mariah Carey was so huge that I was doing a lot of weddings, a lot of wedding receptions, mm-hmm. a lot. Please of tell me they didn't ask you to play this at the wedding reception. They did. Are you kidding? Nobody Repeatedly. listens to the lyrics with, at wedding reception. They don't oh like God. People to are so them, they're just sometimes. listening to the chorus of "I can't live if living is without you," and people will put their own connotation of it. They're not listening to the rest of it. So I mean, right. I can't. I mean, this was some first dances, man. Well, this this goes back to I think what we talked about once before about more than words. Like everybody thinks it's a love song, but it's not a love song. It's a, like put out song. I've heard this song. I could sing it in my sleep. <laughs> That's the brutal, the brutal reality for this one. Well, see, once again, I heard the original growing up, 
and I like the original. And so I did like this one, but like now at this particular point in my life, listening to it, I'm like, uh, can we just kind of move on past? <laughs> Mike's like, I think I could live without her. I think I could live without you. I can live without this. See, that's just that these remakes, you know, they just take what might have been something sincere and authentic and raw, like this raw emotion. And then they dress it up with these overly uh, pretty singers. And it's just not what happened. Like, the, well, it's the, like you uh, said original before, composer, it's, man, it's manufactured, right? Yeah. You know, and that well, was it, what was happening in this particular point in time with Mariah Carey and Celine Dion. Well, yeah, she was you know, pop, there was a man. There's so much bubblegum back then. There's Mariah Carey. I, I mean, to a kid, that's why I was saying her audience to me was a young adult. Eight, you know, fifteen to twenty-five or fifteen to thirty, like because yeah, high, I, high that, school, that, early college age girls. Because at that point, that's what I, I was DJing. All of these things where I would get those requests and that song over and over and over. Unbelievable. Did you ever say like, "Hey, this one's dedicated to the bride and groom," so that when they get divorced, she can listen to this song? <laughs> you know, ironically, Mike, because no, she can't forget the evening or his face when he was leaving. Never, never did I say that once, but I, I, they're just a series of songs that, that like that were always just strange choices. And, you know, you, you do, you do what you can to suggest, but there's no way that like a bride's going to go, <laughs> I really want to hear without you uh, from my care. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just no way to do that. So wait, just as a side note, what's the strangest request you ever had at a wedding? As far as songs go. So it's not it's not so much that it's it's it just depends on when at the wedding, right? So like after the crowd is left and there's just the the basic group of people around, a lot the of drunks. times it can it can go either way. Just friends, people who are really trying to stay in the moment. You know, there's times where we've gone uh, you know, old school Pink Floyd. There's times where people have gotten metal with it and they just want to enjoy the system. Nice. But it's it's timing. Right. And the weirdest timing was that I was told specifically not to listen to requests from anybody but the best man, the bridegroom, best man, and maid of honor. And the best man got shit-faced and came in and just would not stop. He just didn't. He became so tunnel-visioned, he just wanted to hear metal. And I was like, I I tried to like, right. But you understand, there's like 300 people there. And you know what I'm saying? Like nobody's appreciating the moment, and it's right there in the middle of everybody dancing and the father daughter dance, and and I don't remember specifically what it was, but I, I and you're like, next it. we're gonna listen to Harvester of Sorrow by Metallica. <laughs> I mean, I I cracked it out, and he was enjoying the shit out of it, and they got so pissed off at me, and I was like, <laughs> what do you want me to do here? I tried to make my way out of it, and plus. You know, you try to get a crowd back on the dance floor with, uh, you know, celebrate from Metallica. You know, I just had, I had this vision in my head of you playing like the shortest straw and then like pointing at like somebody in the in the wedding party, like as if you're as if you're predicting that somebody in that wedding party is going to die. Oh man, <laughs> it, it it was there was because so the many shortest straw has been drawn like for you. There were so many awkward moments like that, but. Yeah, that was probably the weirdest, just timing wise. And I did it. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. So that's funny. Anyways, Mariah Carey for sure. That's a nightmarish song, and I think she's totally 
just do you think she regrets doing bad acting? Well, awful, sad, sad story of the original, uh, you know, composer writers, you know, had died bankrupt and penniless, like just not, I don't know. I, I, again, I have to just point, maybe this is one of the reasons why I just could not stomach this chapter. These, uh, it, it kind of opportunist crooners doing these songs just to me is just distasteful. I just don't like it. Well, see, it seems like, like the first night talk shit all night about music. People, with right? the first Are two, we... though, I would agree with you on that. With the next one, though, I don't know if I'm going to agree. Okay. As what far is as opportunists. Well, you don't think that she's an opportunist doing this song? Like, I don't know. Considering okay. how far it went from the original? Is it really? Yeah. I I always, wait, wait, wait. I guess it depends just, on which one you're doing next. We're doing "I Will Always Love You," Whitney Houston. Okay, yes, because it, it is way, way different than the original. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. You've been enjoying this show. Come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on the Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. I, I, it, I think the original was Dolly Parton. I know that. Country. I understand that. But the the core of the song, it's not that different. It's not like, um, and now I can't think of a good cover. It's not like Metallica's. It's not even as disparate as like Metallica's Stone Cold Crazy compared to Queen's Stone Cold Crazy. You know, uh, I, I would I, I would disagree with that. I mean, I I just think like the just the two different genres and then just the way it's put together are completely different. Well, let's take a little listen. All let's right. See. Let's do it. Let's see. Yeah, I kind of got to side with Mike on this one. I feel like those Dolly Partons and Whitney Houston's are almost like different songs to me. Well, Mike got us off track anyways, talking to you about DJing anyway. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Now I'm going to pause it right there because I'm already sick to my stomach. We're just, you know, like, I don't know, but here we go. We'll try it again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and behave. Did you just hate the movie, The Bodyguard, or what? I never <laughs> saw that movie. <laughs> he just hates Kevin Costner. I just hate it's Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. That's Costner, who, huh? you know, Costner can't, no, he's not good. All right, next. Here we go. We're going to listen to this. We're going to have a little note here. Here we go. I, I love her voice. Okay, on that, you love her voice. Cool. She is a technically proficient, incredibly talented singer. Yeah, but I'm just I I don't anyway. Here we go. try again. Sorry, I'm not doing it this well. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It really is beautiful, though. Come on, her voice is amazing. You know, I got I got a uh, a lighter out here. I've got my lighter lit up. <laughs> I heart you. <laughs> Be nice chimes there. The little chimes come in there. Yeah, it's not. All right, all right. So you 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 put these you put this tune in the same category as Celine Dion and Mariah Carey. Then, yeah, this is just it's, totally. It's, it's, it's not no meaningful. You know, she I, doesn't mean it. It's not heartfelt. It's it's. Oh, she's man. okay. Look, okay. So it's this like, is the one I completely disagree with on that. Go ahead. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't well, know. and, and nice. one of the things, one of the things I look to when I when I think of this song is the interview done with Dolly Parton regarding. <laughs> Did this. I expect you to go with Sagittarius? No, no, no. Sagittarius. Yeah. I no, look uh, for Sagittarius. So, so Dolly Parton said that she had been driving in her car, and she didn't know that they had actually recorded this song. 
They had gotten permission to do so, but she didn't know if they had actually done it. And she was driving along in her car and happened to hear it on the radio. And what her comment was, my heart just started to beat so fast. And then when she got into I Will Always Love You, when that opened up and I realized that was my song, it was the most overwhelming thing. PR. That's a quote from Dolly Parton. PR. That's I, uh, I call except, bullshit except, on Dolly Parton. She did not. That's they, they would well, not. That have, was, have that released was an interview. That was an interview given in 2020. I understand. But I mean, I think that she's she's saying that to to endorse this version which is a great it's a beautiful song i'm not saying that these aren't beautiful songs and that these aren't beautifully crafted and well sung i'm, I'm not saying that i certainly can't do it i'm not saying that but i think you should try she, she said those things what's go ahead what <laughs> let's let's sing i will always love you together let's get this out of the well way. let's do it but let's she's, just do she's the metal saying version. that to endorse it but there's no way that she didn't get like a preview copy or they didn't submit that to her and she heard it for the first time on the radio that's horseshit no, she that I, I don't know whether it is or not. That's just what she said in an interview in 2020, saying that she it's didn't actually hear this song why do you hate until Dolly she was Lyle. driving down the road in her Cadillac and heard it on the radio. Why are you mad at Dolly Parton, bro? I, I love Dolly, man. She's awesome. But uh, you know, 2020 was Whitney already gone. Yeah, right. Whitney yeah. Was gone. Then. Yeah, she was yes. gone. So it's a yes. pretty little story so for a sad what would loss. Be the, what would be the, the point in in pimping that song out in 2020? I don't know what the point would be. You, you ask, go ask Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I just feel like, you know, we're just going to have to disagree and agree that you're wrong. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> oh, he said that's fine. <laughs> Whitney's one of those, that's one fine. of those voices that, and, and this Boys is me. It, yeah, look, you're right. What I don't, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not a, a professional vocal judge. I'm just saying the, like you said it yourself, insanely talented. So hearing somebody who's insanely talented sing a already amazing tune and put her own spin on it. I don't know if that was a genre tilting spin. It's not that it's that different of a song. It, it's um, quite a bit different, though. If you hear it the is, country it version, is, but I mean, I'm just saying it, it's different, but it's not unrecognizably different, right? Right. So it's um. Back here's Dolly's, right now. Okay, let's listen. This is a better version. This is just hands down a better version. This I isn't overproduced. I, it's not even that this I disagree like, with you. This isn't all like polished up and glossy. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not intentionally trying to wrench emotion from you. This is just honest. The other is is intentional and false. Well, I think part of the and part of the intention of the other song was to wrench emotion, but that's because it was attached to the movie The Bodyguard. Sure, <laughs> I just feel it's manipulative. It's it's like it's a it's a it's an emotional larceny. I mean, look, I'm not going to try to put up an argument where it's not emotional larceny. I just think I may be in on the crime when it comes to Whitney Houston's voice. You know, That's cool. I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't I, put I, it in the same like, basket as like the first two songs we listened to tonight. But to say, I, I mean, look, Michael, it's just, Michael, what, let me ask you a question. Did you get laid to that song? Did I? Or did <laughs> <you> get... <laughs> like, oh, I want to know why you're coming to the defense of this one so hard. I just like the song, dude. I just like the song. I think it's a great song. That's fine. Cool. I like right. the original, but right. I love I love the remake on this particular song. All right. You don't why? You don't have any like emotional attachment to it and anything other than just liking it 
as a technical you, you know what it was was that like uh the bodyguard was such a fantastic movie and hushed <laughs> so many <laughs> yeah see mitch what what I think I can explain this. I actually think I got it. I got it. Let me let me take a crack at it. Mike. Take a crack. All right. Go, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. All right. What shot. Mike's trying to say is that in the movie The Bodyguard, Kevin Costner plays <laughs> him, and the song therefore is Whitney singing to him, and it makes me and and Kevin it. Costner had a katana. I, I never saw the movie, so that's Which great. Is so but cool. I shouldn't have to see the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man, you should totally watch that movie. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna change my opinion on this song. Uh, it's gonna change no. your life, bro. It's not gonna change my life. <laughs> <laughs> the bodyguard's gonna change your life. Bro. You know, I'm just proud of myself that I managed to say that without laughing. For that's it. pretty funny. <laughs> change your life, bro. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have shameless artists, Mitch. I mean. There's a lot of songs that, uh, there's a lot of artists that I like that I would just listen to on a performance level. I'm not trying to say all of the great things about it, but I I don't I don't know if I can say she's wholesale doesn't mean that song, and I don't know if that song didn't mean anything to her. As far as I the don't... polished and the shiny, I agree with that a million percent, and and like I might be an accessory to that whole bit just because i i do take pleasure from singing i love good vocalists and that that demonstration of her vocals and i think the same thing about when she sang uh, uh you say the national anthem yeah her national anthem rendition was amazing that's uh, the only am- time i can think of where they actually like like put it out for people to buy and this and it sold like crazy yeah, I mean, so, I mean, just as a performer, I, I, I really take a lot of joy from her performance, even polished. Mm-hmm. And I still think and that's fine. That and and Dolly's you know, you, is more honest. I still agree with you there. That, that's I'm going to get a lot of version. shit. I, I am. This is fine, and I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, because I'm talking it. shit about all these. What? <laughs> I said you take it. <laughs> no, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll take the shit. Whatever. But and, and this is just my my feelings and my opinion. It's like I do believe a good song is a good song, and. That's why I like Dolly's better, but for me, and this is this is what this this is about this this episode, these episodes, this talk, these discussions. It does come down to taste, right? But I just don't like overly produced, overly, you know. I I don't. I want I want the real deal, man, and I don't. I just don't feel it from those. That's all. So you're right. We can agree that I'm wrong and Mike is right. And you guys are the best. I'm the worst. You're very attractive. I am very. Um, <laughs> as long as you understand <laughs> this. Man. No, I don't know that. I, I don't think it I disagree with what you just said. Hey, I just want to make it clear not, to everybody else that I'm the best looking one here. I you think I, I'm just agreeing. I'm agreeing up to the point of not shitting on uh, the Whitney version. I'm, I'm agreeing with you about the Dolly version being more honest and. Uh, on almost everything you said, with exception to just rejecting the Whitney version, I think the Whitney <laughs> I just, version I'll is enjoyable. Reject this. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only thing I think I really differ. I yeah. kind of in the middle between you and Mike, and well, look, uh, <laughs> without any kind of bodyguard affiliation. I want to make sure I make the record clear on yeah. that. No, no bodyguard affiliation for me. <laughs> well, you, you know, great movie though. <laughs> I would prefer Stevie Ray Vaughan to Ingvy Malmsteen like any day of the week. Or Steve Vai, you know, like you give me like this, you know, raw, emotional, 
expression of the human spirit over technical proficiency. I'll take that any day of the week, every single time. And it means more to me. And again, this is me. I just don't, I just don't buy it. I don't buy that. I don't buy her version. And our next song, Ruminators, is Landslide. Oh, I guess as so, covered yeah. by the pumpkins. All right, let's give it a try. This one's tough. Mitch, you could literally carbon copy everything you just said about I will always <laughs> I will always love you and staple it to where I'm coming from with smashing pumpkins on this. Yeah. Almost exactly. Well, it's yeah. it's so close to the original. Well, and especially now that I know that this was a, a a character that he was, this is a performance from him in general. So the song is already in that. Yeah, category. Can, uh, that's also a little bit of PR on Billy's part, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. It's easy to say that after the fact, like, oh, I was doing a character. That's true. When you were being an asshole at KFMA Day, you were doing a character. That's fair. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> He's the most committed actor on the planet. <laughs> and I love the pumpkins, dude. I do. Me too. Oh, yeah. Gish and, yeah, and uh, Siamese Dream are two of my favorite albums of all time. Incredible. Definitely good albums. This song, though, always like stuck out to me Like from, from the rest of the songs on this album. I'm like, uh, this one seemed kind of out of place. Well, yeah. But I understand. I understand the fact that, like, you have artists out there who are influenced by things you might not realize. I think. I, I think maybe want to pay homage like to that. It was their own. They wanted. They wanted a generation to feel like it was theirs. Mm -hmm. For you know what I mean. Like Fleetwood Mac was your parents, and you know now this is this is for that '90s grunge kid crowd. That That's one, what it felt like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as like a a. Uh, pseudo ballad i mean for example like disarm is better than that and like their their oh, original yeah, definitely. Better, you know a great great song that one just let stevie do it right and i don't have anything against covers i i actually enjoy a good cover oh yeah that one just... was so close it's so the oh, thing is the yeah. thing is i think when you do a cover you have to make it your own you can't karaoke simply do karaoke yeah if it's karaoke then why bother Plus Stevie Nicks is, is it? That's Dude, one of those moments. Oh, I mean, oh. yeah, Stevie Nicks Here, is fantastic. I had, yeah, and I loved her. Um, man, when she just her own albums by herself mm -hmm. when she broke off on her own. I I was a, a fan of Stevie Nicks, and there's something about that voice that any cover you're always doesn't matter who's singing, you're always going to think of Stevie Nicks's voice. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I actually do like this version, but it's just because it's a good yeah. song, and I like the song itself. Fair. Yeah. I, and just like personal note into, you know, because we're sharing, we're being honest, you know, my sister play, used to play this a lot and uh, she played it once and uh, I just, I don't know, I can't listen to it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with that one. But uh, it's, it's a good song. And uh, I don't know. Stevie Nicks version. Yeah. That's, but that's I, one of those things where like, like you would be with Dolly's version. I'm like this with Stevie Nicks on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this one just didn't add anything to it. Like, yeah, you know, no, if you. you're gonna do if you're gonna do a cover, add something to it, make it your own. You know, don't. I, I feel also, like they just sat down with the had the record playing right next to them at the same time, and just covered it. Right. You know, you mentioned karaoke. It's interesting 
that you do because the other day you sent that text about something about us doing karaoke. Right. And just the night before I'd gotten one from Guillermo, he asked, do people do karaoke? I'm going to edit that. God, how much have you had to drink? Um, I like karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Do do people karaoke? Do people karaoke as a form of catharsis? And I was really kind of surprised. And so I... I think they do. Well, yeah, but it's... I agree. I agree completely. But it's not the karaoke specifically or necessarily. It's the act of singing. It's the act of expunging those demons and 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 you know crying out to the universe or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable in front of a group of your peers is rough it's rough for a lot unless you hunger for that attention michael anyway yeah Uh, you know i won't lie there's part of me that does hunger for that attention and there's part (laughs) of me that like seriously i just need to to work some shit out yeah and it's a good place to do it that's how we do it yeah. And so we do it honestly. That's why we don't cover I Will Always Love You. Um, well, I, would, I would never cover. I can't do that because I can't, I can't sing like, like Whitney Houston. But, uh, um, you know, I, I get out there and sing, and I know I'm not, as, I'm not doing my own thing. I'm trying to do my best version of the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think the same thing you said about the the you don't feel like there's a real emotion coming from it the comparing the stevie nicks next to smashing pumpkins is sort of how i felt with that one and i couldn't hear that from him i felt like mm-hmm. he was reading the lyrics not that they were genuinely coming from a place and i don't know you know maybe there's there's an interview Could out be there. wrong. maybe there's some place to to read his interpretation or why he chose that but just as an example, um, when I saw them live at Palooza 96, 97, they covered Boys Don't Cry at the end of their set. Wow. And, and even that seemed more authentic and more like maybe that song meant something to them. Even sort of if you can't sense. do it. That makes sense to me. You know, it was beautiful. It was awesome. I mean, if you, uh, shameless plug, if you listen to the, the uh, episode with the Lamanites at Lame 42 episode, um, me and my drummer were like right up front. And I mean, tears, man, there were tears and it was an awesome cover. It was incredible. They didn't even play the whole song, but it was better than this, you know? And I, yeah. for some reason, you know, there's something that's ineffable. There's something indescribable. There's something that we cannot possibly describe with mere words. And that's kind of what I think Arvig, what you're talking about with, you know, you, you may not be able to do it. You're doing the best you can. And you just, you feel like you need to express something. Right. That's what music's for. That's what we do. That's why we do it. And that's why I don't like the overly produced stuff. I don't like it. Sorry. I say too much. No, I just, I was trying to make a decision on whether I should break into the beginnings of Whitney Houston's version of the song. Just hit it, man. Just hit it. Just go for it. Go for it with gusto. I'm not ready. If you do it like you mean it. it. Then it it doesn't matter. But you know what? Then don't then do my it, version Don't would be do preferred. it. Don't do it. My version would be preferred over Whitney Houston, so I would only be proving your point. Yeah, because mine would be honest. Yeah, I'd this, say amongst yeah. deaf listeners and people who are tone deaf, <laughs> or will be soon. <laughs> Do we even want to cover sending the clowns? Do you know, I, go I, I got I comments hate, about I it. I hate this song, but I do have some oh, comments. I, okay, okay, okay. Uh, let me just pull it up here. <laughs> I do have some comments. <laughs> I, oh, I do. This it's one's not personal my to me. thing. I... It's like there's a personal 
is, hatred for is this it personal because of them. your stepfather charlie yes okay i'm not surprised one thousand percent who i adore and don't don't envy for what they're having to go through and shit sure but that this still doesn't doesn't forgive the fact that uh i heard the sinatra version of this song <sighs> i mean several times well, hold on well, hold on maybe we should listen to this first and then and then talk uh, a little bit about it, it and then we'll, then we'll go into that stuff yeah please just a quick okay from what uh, from what I read, from no, what no, I read, no, it's okay. We could just we could just we don't we can just it. talk about we, it. We don't have to listen to it because this song sucks. If you want to listen to, you know, this the Bush song. version is awesome. I like the Bush song entitled <laughs> "The Clowns." I like that song. Why would they even do that when they know that there's one that's like incredibly that's, that's popular, well known? I love that's that. probably why oh, man. trying to cash in on it. Someone's like, Oh, a metal version of Sending the Clowns. I want to listen to that, but it's not. You and I are the having a discussion later about what metal is if you just called Bush metal. But, anyways, go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> well, so from what I from what I read about this song is that originally it was in a Broadway musical. And then until Judy Collins got a hold of it and sang it, it really wasn't on the pop charts. But Judy Collins and apparently Frank Sinatra sang this song and made it popular. And I am personally not a Frank Sinatra fan. I don't understand people's fascination with him. I don't think he can sing. I am not a Frank Sinatra fan. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, look, I, I am... Um, look, I, I recognize Sinatra for what he was. I don't want to get into the whole thing, but... I grew up with uh, a man whose career was singing like Frank Sinatra and he, he would sing around the house and practice in the house. And he's very good at what he does. So I don't want to take any, I don't want to besmirch the man. He's incredibly talented when it comes to singing like Frank Sinatra in his prime. So I heard this send in the clown song and I know what it means now. Not that it matters as a kid. You don't know what in the hell this song is about. And it's there's a tedious rhythm to it. And Very, if you don't understand it, it's you know, because it, 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 because it was in a Broadway musical to begin with. It lends itself, I think, to being in a musical, but not something you're gonna listen to like on the airwaves. I mm. think I think yeah. people have a lot of interpretations on what this song is, and and that's fine. Uh it's just one of those I think there were a lot of that, white people out there at the time who really didn't understand music, and they made this thing popular. <laughs> but, so I think that about a lot of Sinatra's music. There's, you know, Sinatra has this for me has this in common with Bruce Springsteen. There's something about the experience they're singing about in a lot of their music that I don't understand what the hell they're well, talking about. Now wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second yeah, now. Yeah, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Springsteen is the boss. Okay, oh, I, I I understand people feel that way, but I'm telling you, there are some some of these lyrics and what they're singing about is missed on me. That's all I'm trying to compare the two as. And so, you know, I'm telling you, "Send in the Clouds" is one of those songs where it was frustrating then, and I had a hard time listening to it without just getting well, sick of it even, right away. Even mm. Judy Collins' version, which I listened to a couple times, I was just trying to, to see if there was too. anything redeemable in it. Um, it's not good. <laughs> it's just not a good. Stuff. It just doesn't. No, just I can't find not. anything good or redeeming about it. But some there's this. That's the thing is for those people who like it or who hold it up in some fashion. I 
there's a part of me that wants to understand why and doesn't. <laughs> and I usually do a pretty good job of being able to see where somebody's coming from, but I have no idea what would make someone think. Uh, yeah, I you know, you know what in I, this I in this instance, imagine. I think the title of the chapter "Horrifying Remakes" is is so it's accurate. Yeah, yeah pretty spot it's on. a horrifying. Pretty spot on. It's a horrifying it's a song remake. out of context. Way so to I go, don't... Mr. Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely got that one right because it's horrifying. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. This you guys, I I gotta say. Thank you so much for for letting us do this this episode kind of loose. I didn't think I was going to make it through it, but you guys made it fun. You guys <laughs> made it tolerable. <laughs> uh, because I do want to get songs. to the, what's ridiculous that? songs. Those songs oh, ridiculous. Just, yeah, totally. But I'm glad that we can laugh about these sad, sad songs and the sad, sad stories that they tell. And and certainly we don't mean to to use Charlie's word besmirch anyone who you know identified with some of these songs or it meant something to them in a time of need because that's what music's for. That's that's what I think it's for, and it's it's something that it means a lot to me. Like what maybe for someone out there that you know this love by Pantera is not going to see them through those hard times, but for me, <laughs> what it it, it, it did. <laughs> But uh, that's just that's just the, the beauty of music is we can all interpret it and kind of hear it in our own way. And we have our differences of opinion. And most of the time I'm right and Mike is wrong, but that's OK. And that's <laughs> one of the things that we, you know, it makes it enjoyable. Um, before we take off, um, Mike, any last words, any honorable mentions? You know, this was a you tough chapter. Mentions before. This, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've done honorable mentions in the past, and so I thought about it when I was going through these songs. I'm like, God, what would I, what would I even include in something like this with honorable mentions? And I honestly couldn't come up with anything. My first thought was like Seether, uh, "Careless Whisper," but that's such a good song. <sighs> oh, that's a, good that's a song. great song. Both versions, song. the original and the remake, are incredible. So I can't yeah. include that in this. Uh, okay. You know, uh, Chris Cornell. Um, you know, he oh. has uh, a couple, he's, he's done a couple of remakes that are, are kind of sad. Nothing yeah. compares to you. Um, I love that version. I love that version. I, I even, Thanks. I love the original. So I right can't now. include that one. So I really couldn't find anything to include in this. I'll just say that I, like Sin in the Clown sucks. <laughs> I like that you put some thought to it, man. Thank Those are some really good examples because I ran into the same problem. I was like, I, first of all, I didn't want to delve into them. But then some of the others were just were actually genuinely good because again, you and I we have such great taste. You know, the true. stuff that was in our tracks would have just been good in our, Very in our true. collection. Very true, Charlie. And uh, any uh, honorable mentions for you? Anything that comes to mind? Well, the things that come to mind, I'm not sure I could put in the same category as this garbage menagerie that we have to listen to on this one. Uh, uh, I don't know if I would throw them into the dirt like that, uh, but it did make me think of some songs that I find completely cheesy now. And one of them was this early Depeche Mode song called, but not tonight, which yes. is still, oh. I love the song. <laughs> what you... Wait, did somebody remake that one? Nobody remade it. Um, That's what I was saying. I can't put it in that category. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't put that in the category. I love that song and felt one way about it when it was new to me. And now listening to it, I still love that song, but realized that I was uh, interpreting it incorrectly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> realized yeah. that yeah. you had great taste and that that's a badass song. Well, see, that, that's, that's like a totally different podcast right there. Like, yeah, you know, songs that we listened to and thought they meant one thing and then years later realized, oh, no, I got that wrong. Yeah, let's, well, did you? Interpretation on music well, is... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we've probably all had that happen. Where like we're yeah. like, no, no, this song means this, and then years later you listen to it again, and you're like, uh, I think I might have been wrong. Well, I, you I, know, I was just listening to Zach Wilde the other day comment on that very same thing. He said a lot of people. He said come up to him and say, hey, this song meant this to me, and I, I really liked what you were saying with this song. And he, and you know, of course, politely he just like thanks them, but you know, he's like, that's not what I meant at all. It's not anywhere near where I was going with it. And, you know, personal interpretation is a big part of music. Well, so yeah, I was going to say that's that's like with anything, right? Like even I had the same argument with a teacher in high school regarding like what somebody wrote about an author and what the author intended to say in a certain passage. And I'm like, oh. how do we know what the author intended to say? Like I'm coming at it from a different perspective than that person. So I'm taking away something else. That's a good episode. I'm telling you, it's a great one. Intention, artist intention. Artist's interpretation versus audience interpretation. That's something good to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then in terms of sad songs that made me think about the title of the book, like I hate myself and want to die. <laughs> uh, there is this song by Peter Gabriel with, I do not know who this woman is, but she's got an amazing voice and it's called Don't Give Up. And I'm sure it, I've heard that. It, 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 it's a duet. And uh, it's incredibly sad. And I remember, and I listened, I, you know, I thought of this song, I listened to it again over this last day or so. And I honestly was like, man, I was in a dark place. Well, like, I, was I was in a dark a really place after place. listening to Send in the Clowns. Like, I, I hated myself and I wanted rage. to die. Just I was in rage. a dark place listening to this whole playlist. I was just in a very dark place. That was and a tough one, together. man. On a dare. Rough. On a dare, we had to listen to that. Well, we made it through it. We came back. We're, we're back on the hobby horse, as it were. And uh, and I'm really glad that we did it. This was, was a lot fun. of fun. It was this was fun. awesome. This <laughs> was awesome. I needed this, and I'm excited to like finish out the book. Dude, you got you to come back. We got to do it again soon, not months oh, yeah. later. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, before we bounce out of here, is there anywhere we can find you guys on the socials? Charlie, we got a Brevity Box plug. What's happening? Yeah, you can check us out at Brevity Box Podcast on Instagram and uh, also check us out on the Ruminations Radio Network website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. Uh, and we have episodes on average once a week. Lately, we've had a little bit of bump in the road that was predominantly a hurricane but we're back on track now so uh new content new episodes all the time give us a try if you haven't heard us already yeah definitely check them out you know they've uh the ruminations radio network definitely has some good stuff on there i listen to it quite often so Thanks, as for man. as for myself i get like, great I've feedback got, from mike I've, i'm not very social i hate everybody we know that we know that but but while you're hating everybody uh arvig you can also check out the ruminations radio network on instagram uh ruminations radio network Check out the Twitter at Ruminations N. Twitter. Should you get, <laughs> get a wild hair? The Instagram, right? Um, the gram, the Insta. Uh, yeah, it's what, Insta whatever the kids are calling gram. it nowadays. And uh, hey, and if, if you got an extra buck, help us keep creating this great content. Help us put shoes on Charlie's feet. Help us put a shirt yeah, on yeah, Mike's yeah. back. Uh, Patreon.com, Ruminations Radio. We'd love it. We'd appreciate it. And we've got some really cool rewards. We appreciate your support. We'll keep making yeah. great content. Very much so. Very much. We appreciate it. 
Uh, but that's it. That's all we got. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So happy to be see here. See you next time. Excited soon, to do soon, this. Soon, soon, <laughs> What? I said see you next time. Soon, soon, soon. Soon, soon, soon. I'm good with that. Yeah. And Charlie, thanks again, man. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, brother. Have a great all time. right. And out there, ruminators, don't forget to let a smile be your own. song you're referencing mike when you say oh it's there there's actually a song called red necker but it's spelled r-e-d-n-c-k-r or something like that there's no e's in there Uh, Necker, something like that the country song i was thinking of the there's a lyric in a pixie song uh umass where the line is redneckers get us pissed oh wow that's why redneckers they get us pissed (laughs) (laughs) what did you call them in high school I still call them the Pixies. No, not the <laughs> Oh, you're so witty. <laughs> that was good. Caught me. He's such a smartass. Thousands affected by Hurricane Ida urgently need support. Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to Hurricane Ida. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you.